How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from the Gaming Observer, and welcome back to your daily news update for Monday, January the 25th. Boy, oh boy, did we have a action-packed weekend in terms of news. Let's jump right into this. Uh, first of all, we gotta talk about Xbox, right? So last Friday, Xbox announced their plans to double the price of Xbox Live Gold, which if you don't know, Gold is the service that allows people to play games online. So what was originally $60 American per year was going to go up to $120 per year. Analysts and basically everyone suggested that this was a pretty aggressive attempt at getting users to subscribe to the Game Pass, which is $180 a year and includes Xbox Live Gold. So, you know, with the average person saying, hey, I'll just pay a little bit more and I'll get access to hundreds of games. Now, the reception to this change was less than pleasant, as you might expect. There was criticism about making such a large price hike during a pandemic and thus economic instability for the average person, as well as the clear attempt at transferring people to the Game Pass, which would also increase in price over time, most likely. Anyway, 18 hours after their initial announcement, Xbox reversed their decision in response to the public outcry. So the price is going back to its original, but not only that, they announced that free-to-play games are no longer going to require gold in order to play. And this was a frequent point of criticism. If you wanted to play Fortnite or something like that, you needed Xbox Live Gold. Whereas something like PlayStation just let you play the game. You didn't need to buy into anything. So anyway, this is what they said about it. Quote, We messed up today and you were right to let us know. Connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on it every day. End quote. And I gotta say, I was pretty surprised by this reversal, because we see price hikes all the time, basically everywhere, and it always gets a public outcry, and it falls on deaf ears. So, the fact that they actually did something about it this time is pretty cool. For those of you who don't know, Activision Blizzard is really three companies. Activision, Blizzard, and King. While they all may live under the same name, they are still distinct developers with very different cultures. Now, over time, Activision has slowly been gaining a lot of influence, let's say, over the others. And one example of that happened this weekend, when subsidiary Vicarious Visions was moved from Activision to Blizzard. Now, you might recognize the name Vicarious Visions for their work on a number of Skylanders games, as well as the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy, and then the recently released Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. All of those are Activision titles. And the thing is, all of those games were also massively successful. Tony Hawk was the best-selling in the franchise, as was Crash, I believe. And despite that success, it has been determined that their 200 employees are served better merging with Blizzard. This means that they're no longer going to be working on their own games, and instead will lend support to Blizzard's upcoming titles, such as a planned remake of Diablo 2. Now, according to Bloomberg, Blizzard has also dismantled what was once a studio called Team One. They were the people who were responsible for remastering a lot of the Blizzard classics, which also led to the horrendous release of Warcraft 3 Reforged. They were responsible for, like, Heroes of the Storm and StarCraft 2. That also explains why development on those games have slowed down so significantly. So anyway, it's a shame that we're not going to see Vicarious Visions making any more games, because they were doing some pretty good stuff. And hopefully this is all for the best. Tencent, which is the largest gaming company in the world, has purchased a majority stake in Clay Entertainment, who you might recognize for Don't Starve or Oxygen Not Included, or the recently released Griftlands. Now, they have a previous relationship where Tencent helped Clay publish their titles in, in China. And according to Clay, this is what they say, quote, As part of this agreement, Clay retains full autonomy of creative and operations across all aspects of the studio, including projects, talent, and more. 
end quote. They said that a key part of them being acquired by Tencent specifically is because of this autonomy. And, you know, that's pretty well backed as well. Tencent is known for letting their subsidiaries work without too much interference, to the point that it's pretty easy to forget that they own a lot of companies like Riot Games or Grinding Gear or have a significant investment in companies like Epic. So anyway, for that, I am happy that Clay is getting the resources they're looking for because they have some really good games. I'm excited for what they have in store. Okay, folks, that is all of the biggest stories from the weekend. There was another big one, which I didn't really get to, which is that GameStop's stock just skyrocketed. But there's a lot of complexities there that I can't really wrap my head around, so... So if you're interested, you can look up why GameStop stock just went bananas, and maybe you can make more sense of it than I can. I'd like to thank you very much for tuning in. I'd also like to give a huge thank you and a shout-out to the game design class at Franklin Community High. Apparently they listen to this show very often, and I'm glad I can be helpful. Anyway, until next time. Happy gaming, everyone. The TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. So I, let me just talk about, let me stay on this GameStop thing for a second. What I do know about the stock is that Reddit made it go from like $20 to $70 in a week, which is like unheard. Well, it's not unheard of, but it's insane. Especially for a company like GameStop, which has no... Okay, I don't want to say no future, but let's just be realistic here. They haven't been doing very well. And there's no reason why their stock should be going up. Besides the fact that... Well, okay, so there's this subreddit called Wall Street Bets. And I do not encourage you to go to that subreddit. It is not very nice. It takes a lot of culture from like 4chan and stuff like that, which is not good. But what it is, is it's a... I guess you can call it a community or just... Yeah, sure, a community where they share memes and jokes and whatever, hype around uh, financial stocks, right? Which is a weird contrast. But one of those things is that, you know, like one of the big things is they'll have people putting in like thousands and thousands of dollars into stock that has no future. And then some of the most upvoted posts of all time are just people who did that. And then, you know, the stock ended up doing really well. You know, like like somebody invested tons of money into Tesla when it seemed like Tesla was not going to do super well or whatever, and then Tesla skyrocketed and they made hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. So, you know, when when there's a lot of people on Reddit, which is a big overlap with gamers, and they see GameStop is down, it enters the the Reddit hive mind, right? So there's always been a lot of memes about GameStop stock. And then at some point, they ended up getting into like this war, financial war with uh, shorts, short traders, Oh god, the people who trade stocks are going to kill me for this. There are people who will make a financial gamble that a company is likely to fail. So when the company goes down, they make money. It's complex, I don't understand it. You might have seen the movie The Big Short, that's what it's all about. And so the people who do that uh, started butting heads with Wall Street bets. And somehow that ended up just driving the stock of GameStop considerably. It is wild to me that that is now how a public company can be assessed. I mean, it's a, you know, it's not like the stock is going to stay very high. It's still GameStop. It's still not going to do very well, probably. But I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was interesting. I, I You know, as you can tell, as I was talking about it, I, there was no way for me to really eloquently talk about it on the show in an educated way. This is just kind of what I've gathered. If you read the articles about it, it's like they go into, de- they go into pretty good detail. So anyway, the other uh, interesting story, we kind of already knew, but Cyberpunk 2077 is now the biggest digital release of all time. So Super Data, which is a pretty reliable data collection 
or sales data uh, agency. They claimed that it sold 10.2 million units on release, which is pretty bonkers. All right, folks, I think that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back tomorrow with the news. And until then, farewell. <laughs>